Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. The following is a presentation of Podcast One. What the hell is Brett Favre doing here? Eric Bowling and Brett Favre on everything from politics and sports to business and culture. This year has been insane. I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off and quit. That man right there, number four, Brett Favre. First NFL completion, and it's to himself. It's big time and prime time. That's why Brett Favre is Brett Favre. Yep. Now it's Bowling with Favre. Hey, everybody. Hey, Brett. What's up, brother? Listen, before we get into it, just got to remind you all, go ahead and go to iTunes and rate and review. Someone won a lucky, some lucky guy won a Brett Favre signed uh, jersey last week. We're giving away a Luke Bryan signed box album set. Rate, review, leave a full review, and we'll read it, and we'll read the best one, and we'll give away that box set. Um, and don't forget, you got to do it. You got to get it out there. I want to see all those reviews and make them positive. Give us five stars. But Brett... We had a little discussion. Burrito says, happy Memorial Day, and we push back a little bit. Memorial Day, that's supposed to say happy Memorial Day, are we? I wouldn't think so. Um, yes, technically a holiday, but we're honoring or, or celebrating. Um, yeah. Maybe it's more the, 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 the correct term, I guess, I we're celebrating our men and women who, uh, you know, who made our freedoms what they are today. And, you know, I, I did a post where I said, you know, we can never thank you enough, but we could, we could certainly start by not taking you for granted. Mm. Uh, I think, I think a lot of us have lost sight of, you know, what, what these men and, and women did for us uh, in so many wars and battles and, and what they continue to do for us. In fact, um, over the weekend, our president, Joe Biden, tweeted something like his Memorial Day tweet was, hey, stay cool while he's eating an ice cream cone. And then she caught a lot of flack. Vice President Kamala Harris caught a lot of flack for this tweet. She said, enjoy the extra day off. Like, did they not understand? Listen, this is just me. I'll take this one, Brett. I'll, I'll eat this one for the team. Now, you, you, they're going to light you up if you comment on this, but I'm just, I, I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit that the president and vice president of the United States, that's all they could muster up when, you know, countless tens of or hundreds of thousands of, as you point out, men, women, service animals have died in action, protecting our freedom, our ability for Biden to be president, Harris to be vice president, any, any other schmuck that, that does whatever they do, whatever we do, we, don't, we can only do it because we protected our freedoms. We, we, there have been plenty of countries that wanted to take it from us. We fought for it. We fought for, for the ability to, to, to keep our free market capitalist system. I think Russia would love to shit on us and taking it away from us. China would love to still love to do it. North Korea points missiles at us. We've got people protecting us around the world, dying. And this is what the commander, the freaking commander in chief, you know what that means? He's above the highest general in America. He can tell the highest general in America, our military, what to do. Commander in chief says, enjoy the, some, the cool weather, an ice cream cone, a freaking chocolate ice cream cone. That's just cone death. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, to add to that, I mean, 
I mean, that's fine if you want to tweet, stay cool, have an ice cream cone, but mention, you know, mention what it's about. Why, why we're, why you're eating an ice cream cone or, or, you know, uh, icicle or a popsicle or whatever. What, you know, why are you doing that? And why are you allowed to do that? And what, what is this holiday? It t- quote unquote, if it is a holiday, mm-hmm. uh, what it's for remembering those who, um, fought for us, people they didn't even know and, uh, made this country what it is. Not just an extra day off, Kamala. Not just a day off. Right. Day. It's a day to remember. Okay, now let's push that chocolate ice cream cone into his face. Um, what'd you do, brother? How was your week? What'd you do? I didn't do anything in particular. Uh, we had a group bike ride Monday morning. Uh, did 43 miles. Uh, it was it was pleasant weather. Uh, we've had great weather. But so now how long does it take you to do 43 miles? Are you doing 10 miles? It all, it all depends. Uh, if I'm my legs were feeling a little jello jelloish from Saturday. I, we did a, a big group ride. I did 60 Saturday morning. Oh wow! Good. Took off took off Sunday. Um, in fact, Sunday, my wife and I, uh, one of her buddies and training partners that she runs and does tries with, it was her birthday, and they wanted to uh, have about four couples, four or five couples, go listen to an '80s band down in uh, Madisonville, Louisiana. So we we did that. I, normally, I would do a recovery ride on Sunday, just kind of go out and do an hour ride, nothing hard. But I didn't do that. So Monday morning, uh, there was probably 15 of us that did this group ride. And some of them were feeling fresh and took off. Um, I wasn't feeling it. So it took me, I think I averaged like 17.5 miles per hour. So that's good. That's a a good hike. That's a good workout. Pretty Uh, heavy for for Mississippi, uh, surprisingly. Yeah, I was in I was in Vegas, my friend. I, I in in Vegas, Vegas opened reopened fully on Monday or Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday reopened fully on Tuesday. So I was there right before the reopening. But I got to tell you, it was it, it it was hot, but it was also I, I, I walk. I would do this fast paced walk, and I did I did eleven, ten, and ten. So I did a lot of mileage on the strip. It it was it was a disaster. I mean, there was homeless people sleeping on the plate everywhere. The place was just, it, it, they, you know, I, I don't know what's going on in, in our cities. We're just, we're just letting them go to shit. There's, there's t- trash everywhere. There's, it was, it was awful. Shock. There's, look, they're, they're, I, I'm not being insensitive. There are places for people who are down and out on their luck or their life or whether it's drugs or whether it's mental illness. I pity, I have empathy for all that, but. Cities and mayors are now just like anything goes on our streets. It's just yeah. getting scary. Yeah. yeah, it's it's sad. Uh, it really is. A business, you know, reputable businesses are are going under uh, because of it. Why would you start a business in, in downtown anywhere in a big city? Uh, and there there probably are examples of cities that are doing well. Um, 
I just don't know of any right offhand. I don't either. I don't either. I know it's not the West Coast. I'm here in New York now. It's certainly not here. It wasn't LA. It wasn't Vegas. I don't know. Dude, since we last spoke, can you update us on the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers saga? I, you know, I haven't heard anything from, from anyone other than what probably everyone else is hearing or whether it be true or, or not. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard that the Packers are steadfast and not trading Aaron. Uh, that very well may, may be true, but uh, again, I just I, I'm not saying I I want him to leave. I want him to stay. I'm just saying I believe in my gut that he will not come back. Uh, you just know what Aaron and him if he's holding a grudge. You know, he he's has a hard time. What's the rule? So if he if he steps away and says I'm not playing, how long does he? Well, does he, my understanding, unless something's changed, he he has basically two options: return to the team and play, or sit out. If he sits out, the Packers still retain him from a contract uh, perspective. Uh, nothing's changed. He doesn't gain a year in his contract, so he doesn't get any closer to the end oh, by, okay. sitting out, gotcha. by sitting out. Gotcha. So it, it basically just sits there, that contract. Uh, so, you know, the question is, if the Packers really – I think the, the Packers, I'm, I'm certain, I, I got to believe that they're holding out hope that he will show up, even if it's day one of training camp. He will show up. They got from now until then to get that done. And I don't, I really don't think it's about offering him more money. Although I think they've offered him 45 million a year. Um, but knowing Aaron, that's probably more insulting than anything based on what his beef is over keeping players, retaining players, bringing players back that once played there that were, uh, very, uh, uh, prolific with him. So I think that's probably more important in, in the, the fact that they have offered more money only I think pisses him off even more. Mm. That's my gut. Three million so, a game. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the question is if you're the Packers and you really believe in your heart of hearts, whether you say that publicly or not, that he is not coming back, don't you deal him? Yeah. No, it sounds crazy. But get something out of it. Right. I deal him anyway, because if he if he wants to leave and you force him to come back, I, I don't I don't see that kind of guy winning a Super Bowl and, and, and you know, or or maybe winning a, an NFC championship. And if that's not the case, then you you have you you've lost by not dealing him, right? Yeah. I mean, unless he makes the NFC championship game, paying him a lot more money ain't gonna solve your problem and he's gonna want to leave anyway. I I don't know. I think they'd cut a good deal for him now. Yeah, and I think you could get a great deal for him. Uh, you know, um, a lot of teams need uh, uh, New Orleans needs a quarterback. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't believe that they would trade him within the conference. Certainly not the division. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm like you. I think that you have to deal him. Um, 
to get something out of it because I don't, I just don't believe, you know, to sit there and say, we're, we're not going to do anything. You're not going to play. If you're not going to play here, you're not going to play anywhere. Really doesn't do the Packers a, a lot of good. Right. Yeah. Some bad blood everywhere. Yeah. And this thing hasn't gone to the press yet. No one's really, you know, the team hasn't gone to the press. Aaron, to his credit, hasn't gone to the press. Sometimes that, that pushes the pushes the envelope a little bit to get, to get a decision made at least. What's better than courtside seats? Free sports on Pluto TV. Hey, sports fans, get all your sports free on Pluto TV. Pluto TV is your home for sports. Watch 24-7 channels of MLB, MLS, MMA, sports news and analysis, plus documentaries, TV shows, and movies, all for free. No signups, no fees, no contracts, ever. Download the free Pluto TV app on any device. This, uh, this, this Osaka, this, this tennis player, I think she's the highest paid She's certainly the highest paid female athlete in the world. She may be one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid athlete in the world right now. She's a tennis player. She ranked number two. She withdrew herself from the French Open because she didn't want to talk to the press. Part of doing business, I guess, part of, uh, I think something you agree to, you sign when you're invited to these major tournaments is that you will address the press, whether you like it or not. You just have to do it. So it builds the sport. It's good. You know, you may hate the press. I get it, but it still helps the sport out. And you agree to these things. So she, Rather than not doing press and getting a lot of attention for it, she said, you know what, screw it, I'm just pulling myself out. Yeah, what are your thoughts on dealing with the press and having to deal? I mean, I think, I think part of uh, football week and during the Super Bowl is you have to talk to the press, right? Yeah. Uh, I always talk to the press. I mean, there were times I certainly didn't want to. One, there, there's only one time where I didn't talk to the press, only once, and I was fined $25,000 for it. And I'm still a little bitter about this. This was a long time ago. We played Detroit in Detroit. It was in the old Silver Dome. So if that tells you how long ago it was, it was like a maybe a Thursday night game. I don't even know if they had Thursday night games then. But it was it was. I don't think it was a Monday night, but it was a a feature game and. I didn't play very well. Our team didn't play very well. We got beat. Uh, we got we, we got our butts kicked. In fact, and uh, I was so frustrated when it was time for me to go do my press conference. I told our PR guys, Jeff Blum and uh, Mark Schiefelbein, and I said, "I'm not doing it." And they said, "You got to do it." I said, "I'm not doing it." And now, at the time, there was nothing really written into the quote unquote rule book for media. In other words, I was not required or faced. I mean, if, if you wear your socks down low, there's something written in the rule book that you can be fine for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't anything that if I chose not to speak, I would be fine. So I chose not to speak and was fine 25,000. And then that was written into the rule book after that that a select number of players designated by each team will speak to the media after every game and select news press conferences during the week. I was so mad over that, but I, I, I think, I think, that, you know, uh, to a certain extent, we, we should talk to the media, um, I don't, I'm not saying you have to. I mean, you choose to be fine or not. But I'm just talking about athletes in general. 
Um, you know, if you, have, if, if you have nothing good to say, what I should have done that, that day, I should have done the press conference and and just owned up, you know, you know to, to – I, I, it was one of those things where I said, if I don't have anything good to say, I'm not saying anything at all. Well, go in there and say that. Well, well, that's what Marshawn Lynch did. You remember that? He got fined yeah. 75K for not talking. So he, next time he went out, he's like, they asked him a question. He goes, I don't know. I'm only here because if I don't, they're going to find me. Exactly. And, and, so, and he didn't get fined for that. <laughs> that's, that's, well, I, again, that's what I should, should have done. <laughs> but I, I do think athletes are held at a, a, a different level, a different standard. And rightfully so, because of the money we make. Um, it, it's not our fault because of the money we make. It's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people look up to you, and, and we, we certainly make mistakes. There's no question about it. What do you think what's going on in the NBA right now? A lot of players are pissed off. They're getting hassled by fans, which sucks. I mean, you talk about fans hassling. It sucks. I get it. But I don't know. The NBA, I'm just going to throw this out here. This is bowling speaking for bowling, not Brett, but it feels like they've, they've changed over the last year and a half, um, becoming more, I don't know, they want to tell us what to think about police and, and race and all these things. And then when, when the fans get pissed off and yell back at them, look, I agree, you can't spit at them, you can't throw shit at them, but, but they seem very very sensitive right now. And these guys are making, you know, five, 10, 15 million dollars a year. And they don't want fans to 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 tell them to go F themselves. I mean, it feels like I don't know, they're getting a little bit a little bit sensitive, a little bit overly sensitive. You know, uh when when fans voice their opinion, whether it be good or bad, you know, I I just think of you know going to Soldier Field. I I never heard from a Bears fan, hey, good luck. <laughs> You you would hear uh, so many different uh, things, um, choice words, and I, I didn't particularly like it. But you know, it kind of added to the mystique of going to play and beat beat a team. I mean, there was some this added sense of and, and you pride. did. I was at many of those games, and you did beat us badly. For but I mean, fans certainly, if they cross line should be held accountable, throwing stuff. Uh, you know, saying something's one thing. Throwing stuff or physically trying to inflict some type of harm uh, is, is a no-no. And should they should be held accountable for that. You know, and, and, and again, this is going to probably be taken the wrong way by people if they listen. Uh, but a couple of the instances, one was a guy, a fan, he poured popcorn on an awning that some of the basketball players were going back to the locker room and the awning stopped right there and some kernels of popcorn fell on them. They flipped their shit out. I mean, they were holding players back. Players wanted to jump in the stands and go fight. It, it was literally kernels of popcorn, bread. And there was another one where a fan threw the same situation. We, he didn't hit anyone. He threw an empty water bottle and missed everyone. But they – and they're like – you know, they got security holding the ball players back because they want to go beat the shit out of these, these, these idiots. I mean, they were wrong. Guys were, it just feels like they're just overreacting. I mean, it's like, it, oh, look, there's a lot of times I wanted to go up in the stands. Uh, f- thankfully, I didn't. 
Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I had beer poured on me going through the tunnel, coming out of the tunnel, going into the tunnel. Somebody throws it uh, or accidentally spills, spills their beer. No one accidentally spills their beer, you know, uh, and then you got to deal with smelling like a, a brewery the rest of the game. But thankfully, I never went up in the stands. I don't think, don't think for a second I didn't want to. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It feels like kind of the cost of doing business, so to speak. If you're going to, you know, you're pulling three, five, ten, or Aaron's case, 40. Well, you know, I mean, one way, if, if you're an NBA player or a player in general, one way to look at it, if people are coming to the games, whether they're hostile or not, that's a good thing. Maybe them throwing kernels of popcorn on you suck, but when people stop going, that's when you got calls for concern. Throw some beer on me. Throw some popcorn on me, right? Yeah, because the owners start feeling the crunch if people stop going to the games or buying the Sunday tickets or you know the basketball version of that. Have you heard about innovation on the edge with Microsoft Edge? It's a weekly podcast that explores the cutting edge of internet innovation and pop culture trends. Each week, they'll dig into how people are currently using the web to innovate, notable ways in which it's evolving, what its future might look like, and how we can create that future together. Welcome curious creators, disruptors, and innovators to Innovation on the Edge. Listen and download now at Podcast One. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, couple, couple of quick thoughts. Speaking of that kind of nefarious activity, crime is spiking around the country. Rob put this one together on our, on our list. Um, huge spikes in crime, violent crime across the country. 59% Philly up, uh, Atlanta 59% higher uh, in crime. Philly up 43%. New York, Chicago, LA up 22%. Minneapolis up. 120%, Portland up 800%. And a lot of these, a lot of these crime rates, these murder rates are spiking as well. So, you know, we're coming out of COVID and, and people are getting outside again and numbers are starting to spike because in that same period of time, we've also told the country that F the police because we're supposed to defund police departments and we're taking, you know, the, taking force out of the cops' hands to, to, to make sure our streets are safe. No crime spiking, Pete. The bad guys are taking advantage of. It. Yeah. I, you know, should, are we surprised? Should we be surprised if you're defunding the police? You know, uh, there, there's a lot of good police officers, men and women out there, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. There's a lot of good police officers out there, and uh, you know, just just like the general public. Itself. I mean, there's a lot of good people out there. There's a lot of bad. Uh, but I, I don't, I really don't believe the answer is to defund the, the police or defund or disengage our military. Uh, because all you got to do is look at, you know, these numbers and, and what it's led to and what it's leading to and say, okay, if we do the same thing with our military, We'll have people running over us right and left, other countries. They're, they're sitting there right now licking their chops, just like hardcore criminals are. Like, can you believe they're, they left the door open for us? 
You know, Brett, I, I wrote, I'm, I'm hosting a show tonight. I wrote a monologue on just that. We become weak. And it really was in response to Biden and, and Harris's weekend tweets about Memorial Day. And I just realized that this whole, the whole last year or so, we've, we've gone from a, where we were supposed to be proud of being American. We were supposed to be proud of our strength, our prowess, economic prowess, strongest economy on the planet, barman, strongest military on the planet. When people need help, they come to us. When, when companies want to save the world of vaccines, it happens right here in the United States. Meanwhile, in the meantime, everything we are about, the, the, there's a group that's trying to undermine it. There's, they're telling us we can't be tough. If we're tough, we're, there's something wrong with us. America is not exceptional. We're supposed to be on level playing fields with them, participation trophies. Uh, cops are bad. Um, wealth is bad. You do well, that's bad. We're telling our kids, don't try and win. What's going to happen in the Olympics where everyone's going to get a, a medal no matter what? I just feel that the country is in a, in a slide, a, a cultural slide that's happening so fast and, and, and too fast. Well, one group is trying to do it and they're winning this cancel culture, crazy mob that's canceling people who disagree with them. The other side is afraid of being called racist, xenophobic, uh, sexist, whatever, and they just shut up and let the other side. And, and, and this pendulum is swinging so far right now, so fast. I'm fearful that we're not going to get that pendulum to come back to center where we can still compete globally. Well, I hope you're wrong, but I, but I and a lot of Me too. things that you said, I, I, I tend to agree. Uh, I got to believe that, I mean, you know, there's those out there uh, that no matter what, how just say Biden is, has a horrible four years. There's going to be those that say at least it's better than Trump. Now, those you're not going to change their mind regardless. But there, there's those that, uh, and I look, I hope Biden and Harris do wonders for this administration and for this country. I, I, because I'm an American, you know, yeah, I, I, I was for Trump, but I'm for our country more than anything. And I want to see us succeed, yeah. get, get better and flourish together. It doesn't seem like they're trying. I mean, it seems like they're just going with this cancel mob culture, just craziness going on. But well, I go back to something as simple as maybe the first thing that, that we talked about in this can't cancel culture was Dr. Seuss. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, really? Uh, that's priority number one. Uh, you know, the far left can't be saying that Dr. Seuss is a bad thing. You know what the insanity is, Brett? People are being canceled. Now, you know, thankfully, it's, it's been this, the left, the American left, uh, political left has been ahead of this. They've been pushing this. If you, if you're not diverse, if you, you know, if you're, if you're white, you're, you're, you're racist. There's this whole narrative that they've been pushing, but now it's coming back and hitting them too. The insanity that you can take someone's tweets from a decade ago or longer. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it's not Twitter, it's something else that they wrote or said or a picture. And somehow that applies to today. Like that became instantaneous. You're, you're, you're owning that something that happened to you or some reaction you had 10 or 20 or 30 years ago today. Like you can't have come around and do a different way of thinking about things or learned or made mistakes and learned from your mistakes. You are tagged with what happened in the person you were. 
20, 30 years ago. It is sheer lunacy. They're going to look back in the history books. They're going to look back years from now saying, what the hell were they doing? They were, they were canceling really good people for shit they did 20, 30 years ago after not knowing the context of what happened in between that time. I just think it's a scary place we're headed. Well, it is. And there is no one out there that wishes uh, they couldn't go back and change something they said or something they did. We all make mistakes. Yeah, we learn from our mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. You learn from the mistakes you make, and you don't do them again. You become a different. That's that, what. That's, that's what part of growing up. We evolve yeah. people who we are. I mean, for God's sake, to be to be held to the person anyone was in high school is insanity. It's yeah. insanity. But oh, I, I, I agree. I agree. Can we? Can we? I, we have a little bit of a short show here. Can we do some questions from fans for Brett? I think that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, Chris uh, from our Gmail, Chris says, Brett, what is life like in Mississippi? Where do you eat? Where do you go? Don't be specific because Chris will show up at your doorstep. But, but Jelly, give us a slice of life. No, I think that's a good question. Um, you know, Mississippi, uh, I, I'll say this first and foremost when people come here for the first time, uh, either visiting, or passing through, and I, I, either I know them or uh, just just met them. You know, so, for example, I played golf with some guys oh, several months ago, and I said, first time in Mississippi. And they said, yeah, first time. Uh, I, pleasantly surprised. Uh, it, it's nice. Now, like any state, there's places that, you know, that, you know, that you go, ah, that's not a pretty town. That's not a pretty landscape. But people here, black and white, Hispanic, Asian, uh, like anywhere, there's a potluck of, of everyone, are the nicest people. Um, and I think that's the one thing that I hear over and over again from people visiting Mississippi. is like when we were riding down the road and people were waving at us. Well, that's, that's a southern thing. People wave, you know. I, I always get a kick out of it because I'll be with someone from, say, just say Minnesota. We're driving down the road, and they wave, and they go, do they know you? <laughs> I go, well, maybe, but that's just kind of people open doors for for people, hold doors open. It doesn't matter what race you are. People say, yes, ma'am, no, sir. Uh, please, thank you. You know, there's always a few exceptions to the rule, but so it's a it's a nice place to live. You know so, how I knew. You know how I knew I was in the South for I moved down South Carolina a couple of years ago. I knew I was in the South when true story, four way stop sign, four way stop sign, four cars pull up about the same time. I'm the second car behind one of the people who pulled up, who I thought was first. And they're all going like this to each other, yeah. and I'm going, and I'm sitting back in New York. I'm like this close to hitting hitting the horn, and I was like, "Wait a minute, it's different down here." <laughs> so, yeah, I know there. exactly what you mean because that that does happen a lot, and all they're doing is just being courteous. I, I, but uh, the summers can be a little hot, can be very hot, can be very humid, and, and I don't particularly like it. We do go out to eat. We uh, we probably eat Mexican more than we do eat anything because we're always kind of on the go and that's quick. 
Um, the food here is outstanding. Uh, anywhere in the state, if you like barbecue, th- th- we have it. If you like seafood, we have it. Basically, South Mississippi, fir- first and foremost, the food is about like what you would get in New Orleans. So if you've been to New Orleans and you haven't been to Mississippi, you can get good gumbo, you can get good etouffee, you can get bowl of crawfish, you can get all that stuff. And and so we do go out and eat at some. Uh, there's a great Italian place. There's a, a couple of good breakfast places. So we, we, we hit those. And Deanna and I like to go to movies. Now that was hampered a little bit with COVID, but they're starting to open back up and we'll, We'll try to go to a movie once a week. Uh, we enjoy going to a movie, that, that experience. Yeah, you can do it again now. Movies are bad. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, and I mentioned biking earlier. Um, let me, let me get to the end of that. There's some good have, questions for you. There's some good questions. I love your, your, your opinion on this one. That, that, was, that was Chris at Gmail. Philip sent into our Gmail account says, uh, I'd, love to see Brett, uh, I'd love to see Pete Rose join the show. Do you guys think he should still be banned from baseball after all these years? I'm just going to say he should never have been banned in the first place. Certainly shouldn't be banned now. I agree. He should him. be in the Hall of Fame. should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he bet, but he never bet on baseball. I mean, give me a break. Now you can bet on everything. Um, Steve, Brett. Uh, we like this one. <laughs> uh, Peter says, Brett, we still crack up at your cameo in There's Something About Mary. Did you ever want to pursue more acting? Or this is a good question. Do you ever want to act or a career in acting? Anything else besides uh, something? No, no. Uh, that was a, that, I'll tell you exactly why I did it. We just won the Super Bowl. So I was, I, I guess at my peak as far as uh, the hottest, you know, ticket in town. If you, I, I hate to say that, but so I was getting asked to do various things. And one of those was a cameo and something about married. What you have to remember the time, not that it matters, but Cameron Diaz was basically new on the scene. Um, ben Stiller was new. Um, I think it was Matt Dillon um, was uh, was really the yeah. the big star. You, you know, I mean, you and I can relate to that. But uh, so I really didn't know what much about the actors uh, and and actresses. But it was a chance to be in a movie, and and I said, you know, it's not my cup of tea. But I'll later regret it if I don't do it. Just to say I, I did it. So I didn't get paid any money. I think I got paid $1,500. Deanna and I flew down to Miami. We filmed two days. We went out to dinner with the whole crew, the, the actors, the, the directors. Um, and it was a wonderful experience. It was different. It, you know, I, not that I would be good at acting anyway, um, but I, I, I would have a hard time just with the hurry up and wait mentality. You oh, sit around all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got to change the camera, and that's five minutes turns into 50. You know, you, you can never, you can't just go off and do something because you always have to be ready. But it was a great experience. Yeah. I, I'll give you my one near brush with acting. I was asked to do a cameo on Sharknado four, three or four, and I was going to be a security guard. At the um, 
at the Hoover Dam and a family was going to come walking by and their shark NATO was coming. I was going to push the family out of the way. I was going to get bitten half by a shark, you know, because that's the theme of the movie. Cameos, people get, get killed by sharks. And uh, I was working at Fox at the time and Roger Ailes called and says, you have two options here. You can either get bitten half by a shark on Sharknado or you can continue to fill in for Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> I said, I'll take the latter. Give me the shark, uh, man, all day. <laughs> listen, I'm already emailing this, this guy, Matt. Matt starts with L. I can't remember his last name. He's a producer of the Sharknado. I'm waiting for Sharknado 6, man, or 7, whatever it is. I'm, I'm going to see if I can get myself bitten in half by a shark. That's in great. Maybe we can both do that, Brett. We'll get bit by a shark. Um, not for real. Not for real. All right, guys, I got to jump. Brett and I will love you. Um, do me a favor. Do Brett a favor. Make sure you go on iTunes, uh, rate the show, and then review. Write a review and give us a good five-star rating. And then we'll, we'll enter your name and your review into the, the latest um, contest we got. And it's uh, uh, Luke Ryan's signed autographed album set. That's it for us, Brett. Good week, and talk to you again soon, my friend. Sounds good. Look forward to it. Coming real, it's the next episode. What about Brett Favre? Follow the show on Twitter for the latest news and links to all our social media channels. Bowling with Favre is executive produced by Ali Brito and Rob Jenners. This has been a presentation of Live by Live's Podcast One.